Good morning, everyone. That's a great good morning. Usually I have to ask for it twice. Washington is not sleeping this morning, and I wanted to thank our musicians this morning. You guys are incredible. I'm a clapper, and it's really hard for me not to clap after every song. It's really hard. So sometimes when I think about religion, I think of it sort of like the hand-me-down clothes many of us often had to wear as children. Much like the clothes we received, we had no choice but to adhere to a certain tradition as children. Maybe the pants didn't quite fit. Maybe the shirt was a little bit stained. Maybe there were holes and patches, but in fact there was nothing else. No option. No shopping around. You got to wear what was handed down to you. This is the nature of hand-me-downs. And navigating growth spurts was difficult for the fashion-conscious teen in a hand-me-down family like mine. So perhaps you'll all recall your own father or mother saying, you'll wear your older sister's pants or you'll wear, wear nothing at all. Or perhaps you've even been heard to say this to your own children. You don't like the clothes I've given you? You can go ahead and run around naked. And these bold parental statements are enough to expose any teenager's horror at the thought of having nothing at all to wear. Almost always, one or the other of these statements was followed by the question, do you think we're made of money? I hear it here. <laughs> Some of you may be able to relate to these anecdotes. And indeed, this was an ongoing struggle in my house growing up. And now, when it comes to hand-me-down clothes, or even a hand-me-down religion, not many of us are bold enough to run around naked as a statement of a full-out rejection of what we are handed and expected to embody. And this is especially true when everyone else around us is clothed. Clothing-wise or spirituality-wise, many choose to take what is handed down to them and wear it. I sure did. For a long while, I believed there was no other option. You see, I was born into a family that was Christian, very conservative, very fundamentalist Christian. And by that, I mean that my mom was a church-going, choir-singing, Bible-reading woman who sought, down, who sought to pass down the tradition to her three children. And that's just what one did. If the family didn't go to church or synagogue, or what would God think? Or sometimes, more importantly, I think in my mom's case, with all due respect, what would the neighbors think? The irony of hand-me-down clothes is that new was always considered better. Religion is just the opposite. And we see how the hand-me-down nature of it was built into the tradition. Now, in religion, the hand-me-down question sometimes translates to a parent's bewildered, can't you just appreciate the tradition that I'm giving you? with the implicit undertone of, isn't it good enough for you? And for people like my mom, 
the idea of rejecting a hand-me-down religion would be equivalent to metaphorically running around naked without a spiritual identity. And this might be the simple assertion that there is no God or that the dogmas and doctrines that we're taught don't make sense to us. And I don't know about you, but my decision to run around religiously naked was difficult at first and sometimes quite painful. It meant leaving behind everything that I knew and striving towards a truth that I could not define and that no one else around me subscribed to. And little did I know I was headed into a spiritual growth spurt that would make navigating my hand-me-down religious tradition quite difficult. So by rejecting the dogmas and doctrines of my church, I simultaneously rejected the values, beliefs, and assumptions of my entire community around me, all of my friends at school, at church. And this rupture from my tradition something that purported itself to be my tradition, rather, something that was imposed upon my mind without my consent, the rupture from this tradition created a reaction in my friends and family that I might liken to an experience of rejection by my peers for my ugly hand-me-down clothes, but 99 times more intense. I no longer thought acted or believed like everyone else around me. And this is a condition that many of us are taught to avoid because it's incredibly uncomfortable to be different. So here we note another side of hand-me-down clothes. And that is the simple fact that because they are already worn, hand-me-downs are often really, really comfortable. Despite the holes or stains, we might actually like to wear them. And this isn't to say that the decision to model a hand-me-down religious tradition is necessarily bad because it isn't. For some people, it works. They don't necessarily grow out of it or they seek to stretch it to fill their spiritual needs. But for a few, simply following tradition for the sake of tradition is easiest. To my way of thinking, a hand-me-down religion can be constraining for an individual person, for their personal and spiritual development. Because if an individual grows beyond a hand-me-down, there is often a perception that there is nowhere else to go. Instead of trying out something different, some people might just stop growing. So in his text, An Ethical Philosophy of Life, Felix Adler wrote about his reasons for being compelled to separate from the religion of Israel, the religion handed down to him by his parents. He rhetorically asked the questions, why is it necessary for me to take this step? Why not separate the dross from the gold, the error from the truth, extracting what is implicit in the truth and adapting it to the needs and conditions of his modern age. In brief, he was asking, why not stick with the tradition and attempt to change it from within? 
He answered his own questions, which we'll return to in just a moment. But first, I want us to recognize that Adler tells us that although he never wore the yoke of dogma upon his soul, he found his religious tradition to be limiting. To a certain extent, not entirely true, and at once not enough for his own spiritual grounding. Adler was told he could remain within the fold as he had been trained as a rabbi. And wear the hand-me-down religion and teach people. And to him, he came to the conclusion that the invitation was for him to publicly represent a certain belief with the purpose of undermining its core beliefs. Needless to say, he utterly rejected this possibility. He perceived it as living a falsity. And in my own life, my choice to reject my religious hand-me-downs resulted in the obvious conclusion that I was no longer one of the fold that I had been raised. And I had to make the choice about whether I wanted to continue down the road less traveled. But once I began walking down that road, I realized I wasn't alone. My decision became a liberating walk towards an ever-evolving spirituality, free from dogmas, doctrines, and traditions that no longer felt relevant to me. My spirituality became and continues to become more of, of a living tradition. And from what I know of some of you, there are similar stories floating here in this room. We each have very different experiences from which we can learn in our journeys in life together. Some of us are born into families that instill in us a dreadful fear of discarding the tradition that they've handed down to us. This was my experience. Still other families don't talk about tradition at all. And as a result, an individual may be left feeling may be left with a sort of an amalgamation of vicarious experience of religion and lots of questions, or not. Perhaps one might be left wondering what all the fuss is about. On the other hand, some of us are born into families that teach us the value of designing our own clothes to cover the metaphorical religious nakedness I spoke about earlier. In this, I think this community's dedication to educating your own children in ethical culture is reflected. Here you seek to prepare the next generations and yourselves, most importantly, to make informed ethical choices of your own accord. In this community, there is a continued nurturance of every individual's spiritual and ethical growth spurts. Of course, there are many more elemental experiences in this spectrum that I am not mentioning here. In any case, this discussion about religious nakedness is to say that our experience of religion is developed in community. We can't do it alone. It is most commonly intergenerational. We are taught something about religion, even aversion to religion, by our parents and elders. 
it is ultra, also intra-generational, wherein we talk about religion as we understand it with our peers. I remember doing this often as a child. And sometimes our experience of religion is developed interculturally or interreligiously, depending on our exposure to the diversity of beliefs. Now these experiences help to shape our religious and spiritual identities or our lack of identity. This spiritual identity serves as a reference point that often shapes our personal identity and even sometimes our cultural identity. And the process works in the opposite direction as well. We have the ability to impact and change the culture of a community that we are a part of. We teach each other and our children, and each of you help to define what this society is. This is a facet of community and of individual growth that is very important in ethical culture. And some of Felix Adler's peers and co-religionists were urging him to take on his religious tradition in order to change it. We've already seen that Adler did not agree with this idea because this change was not necessarily valued in his community. In his text, he went on to explain why. He described his rationale saying that the truth contained in the Hebrew and in the Christian religion is not capable of adaptation because it claims finality. These traditions declare, he says, that the revelation of truth is complete and that rituals will bring us towards higher good. Adler countered this belief, saying that while this truth has elements, including the predominance of ethical principles, that truth must be rescued, because he recognized that the extent of the teaching did not end thousands of years ago. The rituals of our ancestors from 2,000, 3,000, 4,000 years ago no longer suffice because they cannot change. And in this, Adler stated the fundamental core of the tradition we are here continuing today as an ever-evolving personal journey towards acting to elicit the best in others, thereby eliciting the best in ourselves. In contrast, the religious tradition to the religious tradition he was born into Adler believed that we are only truly able to achieve our highest excellence when we recognize it is an ongoing process that must take place in community. And this is why we're here on Sunday morning in this hot, hot heat. Instead of striking out on our own, we retain the community, distill the rituals, and preserve the ethical underpinnings. In his journey, Adler believed that if spiritual perfection was possible, it would only be possible through direct moral engagement with other human beings. In South Africa, this is a very old ethical principle that is well known in communities, especially as they develop in a post-colonial society. It's called Ubuntu. I'm sure some of you have heard of it. Ubuntu means that I am what I am because of who we all are. I am what I am because of who we all are. It divine, defines an individual in terms of their relationships with others, 
Ubuntu recognizes this principle wherein every individual's humanity is ideally expressed through his or her relationship with others and theirs in turn through a recognition of the individual's humanity. A person is recognized as having Ubuntu when they're generous, compassionate, and have basic respect for others, including their ancestors. A community living with Ubuntu requires recognition of our common humanity and therefore consensus. So in this we can see that there might be challenges that go along with the beauty of living with Ubuntu, or as Felix Adler refers to, as our striving to elicit the best from each other. We are here to both teach each other and learn from each other. We are not here to become the same as one another. Consensus might require some respectful conflict and deep listening, it's practice. We are here to listen to one another, to encourage each other, and to honor our whole community, young and old. We are here to create a safe space and the freedom for each of us to experience joy and peace, sadness and difficulties, growth and change. An ethical culture encourages us to think and act as individuals with the greatest respect and regard for our community and our world. We are here to take up leadership, positions as we are called, and to step down when it is someone else's turn. Each of us has value, each of us has worth, and our lives are continuing to weave in the fabric of a never-ending story that will continue to unfold long after we cease to exist. Our work is to pass on this living tradition, ethical culture, to those who will call us their ancestors. Now each of us has made choices about our religious or spiritual hand-me-downs, whatever those may be. We've either been born into or we've landed ourselves in ethical culture as a tradition. Most of us have landed here, I think. And for me, I've continued to seek out a community of like-minded individuals in my own spiritual quest because I cannot imagine not being in community. I don't know how I could grow my deepest roots if I were always wandering alone, isolated, or even without the resources that a diverse community adds to my existence. In this, I guess I would have to say I have accepted some parts of the religious hand-me-downs I received. And ironically, these days, hand-me-down clothes are called vintage. And not only do they have the holes, patches, and occasional tiny stains, but they are trendy. The older, the better. <laughs> On the street just around the corner from my house in Brooklyn, we have at least five different vintage clothing shops on a quarter mile stretch, imagine. <laughs> Some members of my generation are starting not to yearn for the next best thing, shiny and new. Instead, we are re reaching back to our roots. 
we are tuning out department store music and plugging in our headphones to search for secondhand clothes at the vintage store. We are reusing the clothing trends of our older sisters, mothers, and even grandmothers. We are recombining fashions to create something very new. Sometimes the quality of what's old is simply better. And sometimes the clothing makes us nostalgic. At once, this trend urges young people to be original with what was formerly conventional. To boldly refresh the surface of the traditional. And this trend is changing the culture of fashion as well as the way in which we value hand-me-downs. So these days, I just finished seminary and took a little vacation this summer. But seminary is the place where people go to learn about theology and community, and ironically end up receiving a degree called a Master of Divinity. I love telling people that. As if there was such a thing. <laughs> now I am learning about the ways in which theologians and academics are working to reinterpret what was once untouchable orthodox. The trend of change is dreadedly slow and limited and quagmired, in my opinion, in somewhat unnavigable convention and tradition. I don't know how people in my New Testament class could come out believing the tradition is the same way that they did before. But while I was learning about these various facets of this trend in theology, I've consciously chosen to forego slogging through this maze of theology because I believe it's already been done. A course has already been set that values some pieces of my hand-me-down tradition, but does not rely solely on them. There is already a community who value the lifelong quest of learning from one another and nurturing our individual spiritual growth spurts. In doing so, we realize that there is no such thing as spiritual nakedness. We're only just taught to believe in it and fear it. And I feel like I am joining a community in ethical culture, because I'm new, that honors this rehabilitation of certain facets of hand-me-down traditions, that values lifelong spiritual growth spurts, and above all, recognizes the importance of being here together in a community committed to realizing the best in each of us. We each have a continuing journey of navigating our individual growth in this community, in our movement, and we are called to help mold each other's development. And I don't know about you, but I look forward to the process. Thank you.